0: This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site.
1: Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore sports. I'm Michael Dwojek from The Friday Night Drive here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. And we've got a jam packed episode of the podcast for you guys. Um, a lot to talk about. Not only are we heading into week nine of the football season, um, we got a lot of fall playoffs happening right now, um, either getting ready to start or they've started a lot of good headlines to talk about. So um, we'll have a lot to break down in this four quarter uh, uh, podcast. In the first quarter, we're just going to recap week eight of the football season. Um, also hit a little bit on uh, some of the other sports. Um, in the second quarter, we are going to uh, hear from uh, Highland Park football coach Anthony Kopp. In the third quarter, we play way or no way our weekly guessing game. And then in the fourth quarter, we preview week number nine. Huge matchup, biggest matchup of the, in the state. Uh, definitely this weekend, if not for the whole season. So um, a lot to talk about there. Um, as well as our other matchups. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the Varsity Podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. Give us a nice little review as well. We always appreciate everybody's support. always helps us uh, get to more listeners who want to uh, listen about uh, more North Shore High School sports. Um, we always appreciate everybody's support. So um, why don't we start things off by um, here in the first quarter with Highland Park, where – The last few seasons we've talked about Highland Park, how close they've come, the stumbling, you know, not being able to get into the playoffs, the four and five records. Well, um, we we had a strong feeling that this weekend could be the weekend they finally got over that hump, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Highland Park beating Maine East 47 to nothing, earning their fifth win of the season and earning um, their first playoff bid since 2017. Um, Joe, I know you got a chance to cover the game. You're at that game, just, you know, to start things off, just what does it mean for that program just to finally get that win? Um, especially in such dominating fashion.
0: Yeah, I think it was just huge. And, um, for the whole program, for all the kids that have been in it. And I say that because, um, so many of these seniors have been on varsity for three years. So they've seen that they've been so close and not been able to get over the hump and, this year they do it with a game to spare so a big weight off their shoulders um obviously that was a big goal of theirs um to get back in you know it's been a goal for a couple of years and they achieved it this year their final year for a lot of these guys um first time for Anthony Cobb, his second year as coach um huge deal I think it's 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 a big uh, moment for this program so um they kind of you know had everyone had the feeling it was coming they they put they put a better product on the field than than Maine East does right now, and um, they took it to them early. I think that was key, just getting those couple scores really early and leaving no doubt. You don't want to struggle in picking up your
1: fifth win, so you have some mixed feelings, and that wasn't the case. Yeah, the scoring really happened early. David Finn for quarterback for Highland Park uh, scored three times rushing in the first half with 41, 17, and 8 yards. He also added a, a two-yard uh, touchdown to Johnny Walker. Um, senior running back Nico Rosenblum added a four-yard rushing TD, and junior Eli Moore uh, returned an interception 25 yards for a touchdown. Um, Walker also added an interception in the half and made a 35-yard over-the-shoulder grab to score a touchdown. So um, Highland Park pretty much did what they needed to do, Joe, just a complete performance against uh, a, a Maine team that, like you kind of mentioned, maybe isn't at the same level as Highland Park, but you know they didn't mess around. Highland Park knew what they needed to do, and uh, they kind of made sure to not, you know, you know, not waste any time and make this a close game needlessly,
0: yeah, exactly. Um, f- feel good about it, what well, you know, walk away feeling good, especially it was a little little cold, a little rainy, so that helped too. But um just just a good performance and a good season for them. They had a lot of, you know, if you remember early in the season and they dropped one to Deerfield in a close matchup. and coach Cobb said, we're going to have a lot of tough, you know, close games this year. You know, it's they're going to be there for us. we got to figure out how to win. And they did. You know, they beat Rolling Meadows in a shootout. And they beat um, 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 Niles West in a really tight game. And those two games really defined their season. And while they lost to Maine West by one point, um, they hung with them the whole way. So I think they feel really good about a lot. That they've accomplished this season, and a forty-seven nothing victory just kind of punctuates it. And they still got one more to go, and they have a great chance to get the sixth win.
1: Joe, so what have you kind of noticed about this team? Just you know, on this three-game winning streak right now to get to win number five, um, you know they they beat Niles, beat Niles West. Now they beat Maine East. Kind um, of seen this team grow, and how did they kind of compare from you know that twenty-one to sixteen loss to Deerfield early in the season?
0: Yeah, I think really it all starts with quarterback, senior quarterback, three-year starter David Finfer. Um they they give him a lot of uh leeway to make calls. They do a lot of run pass options, things like that. And and he's been making really good decisions the past few weeks I've noticed. Uh, of when to run it, when to uh hand it off. He's had some really big runs and um, the offensive line opening up holes and he's able to see them. Um and I think that's a big part of it. They've also gotten a huge year out of receiver Johnny Walker on both sides of the football. He plays um, cornerback as well um, and returns some kicks, but um, he he he's turned into just their go-to uh, receiver. They, they get him to him in space and they throw it to him deep. Um, and when they're healthy at receiver, um, Anthony Blummer just came back. Uh, they're pretty dangerous. So uh, I think they've proven that they are that, that danger, that, was kind of on paper is real um, and their defense as you see against Maine west and against niles west has stepped up they've allowed big points at, at times but uh kind of uh when they really need to that defense has stepped up against quality opponents in that league so i think in multiple facets they've uh proven what they said they want to do at the beginning of the season all
1: right we'll talk more about the giants in the fourth quarter and in the second quarter when coach anthony kopp joins us um, obviously, you know, happy to get win fought number five, but still a lot to play for in week number nine as they try to uh, improve their seating in the playoffs and uh, pick up a number six win. All right, let's move on over now to Loyola, who took care of business against Ben at a 41 to seven win on Saturday. Um Finn Miller, uh, we've kind of talked about him earlier in the season, uh, kind of stole the show for the Ramblers with uh touchdown runs of 33, 43, and 50 yards. Um, really just kind of, you know. Doing really well. He uh, played football at Loyola his freshman year um, as a running back before transferring to Culver Military Academy um, before returning for his junior season at Loyola, um, but played lacrosse instead of football. Um, And I know, Joe, in uh, in Neil's story, um, Finn kind of talked about, you know, just, you know, a missed opportunity last year from, you know, him watching in the stands and not being able to help Loyola last season.
0: Yeah, that's just a cool little um anecdote from the story is, is Finn's um, you know, uh journey to, to, you know, a co-lead back there for getting a lot of carries, I should say, for for Loyal Academy, his senior year, um, watching that lost to Mount Carmel and really just feeling that energy and wanting to be part of it. And then he, he contacted uh the coaching staff, said, I want to do it. They said, Okay. And uh, he's had a nice year for them. You know, I think Drew has led the backfield. He's got the most carries, but uh, Finn's right there as a complimentary uh, feature back, a bruising guy. Uh, Great to see him break some runs um, in this game against Bennett Academy credited a lot of his offensive line, uh, his offensive linemen, but um, yeah, just a really cool story uh, for Finn. And I think he's going to be a key piece down the stretch for them against this month in, in the Mont Carmel game. And then in the playoffs, I think they're going to look to him for some big, um, big moments.
1: Yeah, obviously uh, a commanding win for Loyola. Much, uh, much of the players got many of the players is a better way of saying it um, <laughs> got uh, plenty of rest in the second half um, ahead of, uh, you know, both the Mont Carmel game and the playoff push. So um, a lot of uh, reserves got some time in there as well. And, um, I don't know if there's really much more. Joe, you need me to talk about this game, just uh, a complete performance and uh, getting ready for a huge game on Saturday in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, I think we're going to talk a lot about it in the fourth quarter. We're pumped for it, and uh, so let's get to it. Well, after we talk about some other stuff. All
1: right, let's move on over now to Trier, who lost 35-20 uh, to, to GBS. Um, Trevian's just not able to keep up with the Titans. Titans playing for – um, a long shot of making of the playoffs, but maybe not that long of a shot to make the playoffs. Um, they picked up a critical win uh, to keep on you know, keep their playoffs alive while well. um, you know, just Nutria has not been able to uh, pick up the win here, losing their fourth out of their uh, last five attempts against the Titans.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, a game we kind of, I think we were probably pretty close in our predictions in this one that the Titans are better than their three, what are they, three and uh, five now, than that record. Um, They had a very similar difficult slate in the non-conference, and they they couldn't pick up one of those games. So uh, they're looking to go um, four and five in league, and they played Maine South pretty close. Um, So it's a good team with a tough schedule. You could say similar things about Nutria, but Nutria hasn't answered the the bell um, like we thought they would. So uh, it played out like we thought, uh, Glenbrook South, just a bit uh, more physical, um, great running team, and maybe a little bit more uh, diverse on the offensive end.
1: Anything worth, you know, something you want to, you know, point out about this Nutria loss, any maybe performance or anything like that that you kind of thought, you know, they lost, but, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it's kind of worth mentioning. Yeah, I think Jackson
0: McCarry had another big um touchdown run. I think he put together like a 50-yard run and another 100 and something yards, 140, 150 or so, and he's put he's, he's had those huge explosive runs throughout the season. He's probably got 7, 8, maybe close to 10 huge runs of 20 plus yards and he's broken probably six of them for touchdowns. So, um kudos to Jackson um And uh, I think Miles, uh, Carmen had another nice game for them, but um, they they hung with them early, but then uh, Glenbrook South a little too much. So um, uh, we'll leave it at that for this one.
1: All right. We'll chat more about the uh, Trevians as they close out their regular season against Deerfield in quarter number four. Um, Before we move on to way or no way, a lot of postseason stuff going on right now. So a lot of stuff to uh, um, talk about. Um, Nutrier Girls Tennis, not surprisingly, won another sectional pretty uh with pretty well, uh, scoring 34 points as a team. Latin came in second with 19 points, and Loyola came in third with 14 points. Senior Madison Lou for the Trevians won the singles uh pretty handily, and uh Nutriers Elizabeth Dobza uh she finished fourth in the singles. Nutriers double team, Carrie Roddenberg and Ariana. Lester Hiss, uh won the doubles match, uh, beating their uh, teammates, uh, Coco Zabel and Julia Ludwig, um, who took second with their loss to their teammates. So um, not surprising, Joe, but a pretty commanding win uh, for the Trevians as they uh, get ready for state here this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think it's about their 14th or 15th straight sectional title. It's obviously a dominant program. They're they're looking for a state trophy here, possibly to even compete. I know Madison Lou. Uh, wants to uh, and her goal is to win the state title uh, and she's going to have to go through some stiff competition to do it and they've got two double teams that'll be ranked there too so uh, it should be a good weekend for the tribes let's see if they can pull it off
1: north shore country day boys soccer won a regional championship on tuesday beating chicago math and science charter uh six to nothing they will play lise francais the chicago uh on Saturday in the Marine Leadership Academy sectional um if they win that game they will play on Tuesday um in that sectional championship just a strong performance joe from the guys to uh uh win another regional championship here
0: yeah they've become really a strong program um you know it, especially so in the past few years um, putting together great regular seasons doing well in the ISL independent school league and uh, Having postseason success,
1: let's see if they can take a regional this year. It'll be a little tougher now going into sectional play, but it's a, it's a good team. Nutria Boys Soccer won their opener seven to nothing against Niles West. They will play Taft on Saturday for the Nutria Regional Championship. Loyola season came to an end with a two to one loss against Maine South. Um, Joe, what you know, just what kind of didn't happen for this Ramblers team this year that you know just got the twelve seed and it seemed like never really kind of you know clicked for them.
0: No a little back and forth for them, just never able to get there. but I think they're rebuilding a bit. you know, a few years ago, um, uh, they had a they had a great year, a lot a senior led year, and they were right up there as a sectional uh, competitor um, but uh, after that, they just kind of tried to be get to getting back to that level and they're gonna need to um, get a few guys to step up
1: um, across the field to do that. All right, let's move on over now to the second quarter where we are joined by Highland Park football coach Anthony Kopp. Joe, I know you got a chance to catch up with Coach after the big uh, 47-0 win over Maine East. Um, what are the folks at home going to hear from the coach? Yeah, we just talked about
0: more what, what a five wins means to this program, being stuck at four for four straight full seasons and uh, what it means now and, and what they're
1: trying to do going forward. All right, let's have a listen.
0: What
2: does five wins mean to you and the program? I mean, it's been a long time since we had five wins. So, um, you know, going out and getting that, um, just, it means a lot to all of our program, all of our players. Um, and they knew that coming into it. Um, and they were excited for the opportunity to be there and get it.
0: How, how do you make sure you don't uh, fall in any traps? You know, come out here knowing maybe, maybe you're this opponent, but play poorly. How, what do you do to prepare to make sure that doesn't happen?
2: Uh, you just you know, keep telling them to play our game, um, uh, have a great start, set the tone. Um, so really anything that you would say for, for any other game, okay. um, but just kind of push, like, we really need this win. It's a, it's a big win for our program, so let's come out, have a great start, and go from there.
0: Okay, and um, now at this point in the season, eight weeks in, How do you feel like you're playing football as a team? Where where do you guys think you are? Are you where you want to be?
2: Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Um, Obviously, at the end of the year, you always want to be playing your your best football. Um, Last week, we were talking with the boys. It It was a great team win last week. Um, offense would pick up defense, defense pick up offense, making plays on special teams. So um, I think we really saw a lot of things come together last week. Um, and then, you know, have a, have a sharp week this week, uh, then pick up another t- uh, tough game next week. Um, hopefully get that one and roll into the playoffs, uh, feeling good about ourselves. Obviously this team
0: has, has been up here for a while, a lot of these seniors, three years, yeah. right? And uh, oh, okay. been through a lot with the COVID season, all stuff like that what else is the difference besides experience what else does this team have
2: uh you know what it's it's a very tight group um you know they're they're all friends they all have fun uh they also challenge each other uh i think that's 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 a big difference with this group um they don't let each other take days off they don't let each other take plays off um so they really do a good job of pushing each other to make the group better yeah
0: and now one game left Got Vernon Hills. You still have a shot at the at the conference. I know that was a huge goal of yours, maybe even before the playoffs. So, so uh, I guess how do we feel about that with one game left?
2: Uh, you know, playing them, it's it's always a tough game between us and Vernon Hills. Yeah. they're very well coached. Um, they always have solid players. Um, and we lost to them last year. Um, and our kids definitely definitely know that. And I think you know they're all excited for the chance to um, kind of play hard again against them this year and uh, hopefully take it thank you
1: as always to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week we always appreciate everybody's insight um always good to kind of hear those happy interviews where uh you know excited uh, a lot of great emotions after a a long season fought. um obviously still some work to do but uh, a lot of stuff uh, worth celebrating after the last few years all right let's move on over now to way or no way here in the third quarter where we play our weekly guessing game i throw out five propositions and joe and i argue or agree upon whether they can happen way or no way they cannot happen uh let's start things off with girls volleyball joe nutrier earned the top overall seed in the glenbrook Glen, in the glenbrook south side <laughs> um why or no way nutrier deserved that top overall seed yeah, I think so. I think they've done what they need
0: to do. Um, you look at their win-loss, and um, a couple of those losses are from that difficult. Uh, one of the best tournaments, uh, maybe the best one in the state, uh, that brings in outside talent, um, out-of-state talent. And um, Other than that, I mean, they, they've gone undefeated in their league. Uh, it's just a very good team uh, this year. and
1: um, I think they're going to run
0: into some difficulties getting out of that sectional, but that's how it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. I think that's a, it's a way for me. They've they've been pretty dominant in what they've wanted to accomplish this year and have been able to accomplish. So um, it's not really a surprise, I guess, that they get the number one seed. Just have dominated the conference, um, have done really well in a lot of tournaments. Maybe some hiccups here and there. I don't know if even you call if you would even call it that. But um, I, I just think that this team has really put it together this season and um, is uh, really doing well so far. So. Um, not a surprise to see that they got the number one seed. Um, but li- like you said, it will be a tough task, um, especially cause let's move on to number two here, Joe, uh, way or no way, uh, Loyola got the number two. seed. that's not the question. Um, way or no way you think the Ramblers have a chance at making it to state this season?
0: Girls volleyball still, right? Yeah. I, I really don't. I, I think that. um, I guess, every, I guess when you're when you when you're that talented and deep you have a chance um to really get hot and put things together but I think it be it's a long shot they, they've had their ups and downs this year um obviously they took an injury to their best player who's been out all season um and they put it together but they're still taking losses to some of the best teams in the state uh they beat new Trier uh also lost to new Trier. but um I it, looking at the rest of the results it, it feels like that was kind of a an anomaly, if you will, but uh, I, I don't think it's much of a chance. So I'll say no way.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to go with the no way here as well. I just don't, you know, just with the, with what you kind of seen them do recently, um, you know, especially in the conference, you know, playing Macaulay and other elite teams like that to just haven't really shown the ability to kind of compete at the same level. So um, I'm unfortunately gonna have to go with no way here as well. I just don't think that the ramblers, you know, given the injuries, given, um, the adversary, that ad, adversity that they're battling this season. Um, I think maybe if they had their full team together, they would be able to get that going. But, um, just given the circumstances, I'm not sure that that's going to be able to happen. So, um, I'm going to have to say no way on that one. All right, Joe, I ask you this question every single year, way or no way new girls tennis will win the state championship as a team.
0: I don't think so. Um,
1: The silence is deafening there, my goodness.
0: I know, I I, because I want them to, and they've been leading towards this, and I think Madison Liu is prepared to make a run at the individual title and maybe her best finish. She finished fifth as a junior or sophomore and I think fourth last year. Um, I just don't think they have uh, a second, you know, their second single player is is new to state and will have to make a big impact. Let's put it that way. And I, I think that's a big question mark. Uh, and maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, but um, it just—it's—I—I just, I don't know. And Hinsdale Central's so good, um, you know, year in and year out, and they've got a doubles team that's going to be right up there for the state title. I don't—I uh, don't know. I'll say—I'll say,
1: no way. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think the biggest thing about these types of you know, sports, the tennises of the world where you put the team scores together. It's all about depth when you're trying to win a state championship as a team. Um, And I think that likely Hinsdale Central has more depth, more experience coming back than Nutriere does. Uh, That doesn't mean I think Nutriere has a good shot at competing for trophies um, individually and probably will get a trophy as a team as well. Um, But I I just think that, you know, given what they have coming back, who they are, um, I just don't think that they have the depth right now in order to compete for an overall team championship. So I'm going to have to go with no way. Um, agree with Joe on that one. All right, Joe, uh, we got the start of the cross-country playoffs this weekend with regionals. Um, way or no way Nutria boys cross-country uh, can run away with a regional title?
0: I think way. Um, they're good. They're deep. Um, and they have really the 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 star and Ben Crane, who's been running some of his best uh, events uh best meet best races <laughs> sorry uh the past few weeks he's putting up some great times and uh he, you know he's rising in the nutrient record books so um i think they'll they should be out on top and he's backed by a couple um really good runners too.
1: yeah i would agree with you there i think you know they at the regional especially i think that they've got uh, a good opportunity to win as a team they've got a lot of talented runners and it's kind of the um maybe a little bit different. Obviously, this is the regional round, not the state round. But I think that with everything in the area, I think that this uh, a new chair team should be able to definitely compete and probably win a, a, a regional championship. So I'm going to go with the way there as well. I think they've got a lot of talented runners who uh, are just getting started um, this weekend. All right, Joe, a lot of uh, stuff going around with the new field hockey team uh, with their coach, obviously retiring at the end of the season. Um, way or no way the Trevians can win and repeat as state champions um as a, a good uh goodbye retirement gift.
0: Uh I think so. I think they are a um I, I juggernaut. They're a juggernaut and they still are. Uh they've got maybe the best player in the state, Nizzy Morgan, um over a hundred goals in her career. Um you know, a legendary coach who's on her way out last, I think, so they got the intangible factor with, you know, win one for the Gipper, and uh I, I think they'll do it. Um I think they're poised to do it and ready and have the, the
1: team that can, and um uh they'll take care of business. Yeah, they are on a roll ride now recently, just really, you know, just really, you know, dominated over the past few years, have really, you know, just taking control not only of the area but the state with what they've been able to accomplish so I think they're definitely going to win um I know that's a very big proclamation but I think they just have the talent that no one else can really compete with so uh, I think that's a way I think uh, it's going to be a happy um retirement with one last day championship for the Trevians all right let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview week nine of the football season i um, going to say goodbye to some teams and some teams uh, obviously are vying for playoff, uh, you know, implications and also uh, a big uh, game between Loyola and Mount Carmel. Um, let's keep the people waiting, Joe, because that's what we love doing <laughs> most. Uh, let's start off with Nutriar hosting Deerfield. Obviously, uh, Nutriar not going to be able to qualify for the playoffs. Not, you know, with, even if they got to three wins, that's not possible. Um, there aren't that few teams, uh, you know, who earn playoff qualifications. So. You know, a big game for Deerfield here though. Um they're at four and four, needing the fifth win to earn playoff qualification. So the Travians have an opportunity to kind of play spoiler here.
0: And that's the motivation, right? That and to go out on a high notes for those seniors. Uh, whether you're you are a senior or you're an underclassman, play for those seniors, let them go out on a win. They're certainly capable of winning this game. This isn't like out of their uh out of their ballpark. It's not like they can't do it. Um this is gonna be this has the makings of a good football game. I think maybe two even teams. Um and yeah, yeah, you talk about playing spoilers, see if we can do it. Let's see if we can um do something special in our final game and and leave smiling a little bit for a season that's do something memorable, a little season that's forgettable. Um let's put it that way. So uh I certainly think they can do it
1: what is your approach? You know, I know you're a a longtime high school coach, you know, and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. um, how do you approach a game like this where, you know, obviously you want to give, you know, the seniors, you know, their due, you want to make sure that they get one last game in here, but how much do you kind of start looking toward the future? And you're kind of like, well, you know, we can get this guy some experience and that'll really help us, you know, in the off season, getting some reps for, you know, returning juniors. And, I don't know if there are any sophomores on the team, but just, you know, how do you as a coach, hypothetically, Joe, balance, you know, want to give the seniors their due and want to give them one last opportunity, but also kind of look at, well, you know, we can get so-and-so some experience um, and that might really help us next season.
0: I I don't know if there is much for Nutriere, uh in, in there is much of a um, share a mind share with with giving underclassmen their dude. Like I think they've already done that. I think this season has kind of necessitated moving guys in and out to see what works. So uh, you might have a good idea who who might help you best in this. And I do think there are implications to the game that it is senior night. You're on your home field. Last game of the year. You're gonna want to win this one, and you're gonna want to go out on a victory. Hopefully for the betterment of the program going forward. I think that's that. Is probably better for the program than getting in some younger guys and getting them reps. Um, I think going out on a win and uh, putting your best players out there is is a better better strategy in this one. And I, I certainly
1: think they can pull it off. All right, that we'll get a prediction out of you at the end of the quarter. Let's move on over now. Uh, Highland Park, Ad Vernon Hills. Vernon Hills is two and uh, six for this game, road game for Highland Park. Um, Obviously, you know, I've heard this answer a billion times at this point asking what you're looking for to week nine and a lot of answers is staying healthy for the playoffs. But, you know, Highland Park got that fifth win, but a sixth win, obviously something they haven't done in a while, but also improves your road in the playoffs. So obviously I know the Giants are happy to be there, but this feels like a game where, you know, you want to play it safe. You don't want to risk injury for the playoffs, but at the same time, your road gets a lot easier as a six win team as opposed to a five win team absolutely and
0: I think they really want this one. I think you go to your, you're a five win team and you might play one of the best in in your class and that might be spell trouble for you um a six win team and it it might be luck of the draw now that could also be tough for you it really depends on how it shakes out um on uh, uh this weekend but um, there's some opportunities within those top teams, uh, you know, just looking at it right now, for them to compete and maybe come out, you know, pull something off in the first round of the playoffs, get it in the right matchup. So you're going to want to put, get yourself down sixth win and get yourself a position in, and uh, best position possible. And, and I think they have a leg up on Vernon Hills last year. Also, just for the pride's sake, again, um, reiterating that a lot of these seniors this year Played last year and the year before. Vernon Ellis has beaten their butt uh, the past couple of years, I think. And certainly last year, I think they put up a 50 spot um, in a game that Highland Park needed to win um, for their playoff life. So um, they're going to want to take some revenge on that. A lot of pride going to be uh, out and in the open in this one. And I um, I think, uh, yeah, all the motivations right there.
1: I know obviously this team was uh, a point or too shy of, you know, maybe playing for a conference championship, Maine West um, 8-0 got that. But, you know, from the time that conference kind of started here, they lost 20-19 to to Maine West, but then they beat Niles North 30-6, to 21-17 against Niles West, and 47-0 to Maine East. Do you feel like this team is a little bit different here in the second half and potentially could make some noise uh, with a better seed in the playoffs? I think that win
0: over Niles West said a lot, um, and even how they played against Maine West. It just said that you know we can put together a complete football game against a quality opponent, and even come out of, uh, ahead. Like we we're able to do that. We're not just uh, um, a scrappy, experienced team. We we we've got a bit of uh, um, a bit of that finishing power. Um, we can play a complete four quarters. So. On both sides of the football, I think maybe they looked at them as maybe an offensive-only team, and I think they've they've proven otherwise. So it's not going to be um, um, easy, but I think that uh, I think they can put up uh, a scary. They can be a scary opponent in the postseason. Let's put that way.
1: Is this a game where they kind of need to do what they did against Maine East, where you don't mess around, just score early? take care of business maybe you can get some guys some you know a breath in the second half and you know kind of save some bodies for the playoffs is this a game where don't mess around don't let a hate like you know obviously I, these kids don't have a hangover but you know just the hypothetical hangover of you know just don't let the win from last week carry into this week negatively just you know battle as much as you can and get that win as quickly as you can yeah yeah don't mess
0: around is a good way to put it Um, Because I do think Vernon Hills has some firepower. And if you do mess around, uh, that door can, they can run through that door. I I think the the margin for error was slightly bigger against Maine East. um, And in this case, uh, you're going to have to be a little tighter and and don't mess around. Um, Take care of business, put it away and, you know, um, keep, you know, keep your foot on the pedal until it's salted away for sure. All right, Joe, anything else you want to talk about
1: this week? No, that feels pretty good. All right. All right. Let's see. I'll start the timer, see how long we get this one going for. Obviously, the game of the year, game of the week here is Mount Carmel traveling to Loyola. uh, Number two versus number one. A lot of rankings have Mount Carmel as the number one uh, team. Loyola the number two team in the state. Both teams, Mount Carmel has not lost in two years now. Uh, Loyola's only loss in the last two years was a tied loss to the Ramblers in last year's finale between two teams. Obviously, both teams went on to win state championships. Mount Carmel won 7A. Loyola won 8A. Um, and I think, you know, I, I, talking to both coaches for, you know, getting ahead of this game, um, I, I asked both coaches if they're surprised to be in this moment right now where, you know, both teams kind of married each other. They got a new quarterback. They got a lot of new pieces both on the offense and the defense. And it hasn't seemed like either team Loyola or Mount Carmel has shown like any growing pains or any, you know, you know, any inexperience. I know they probably were a couple tighter games for Loyola and Mount Carmel throughout the season, but both of these teams coming in at eight and O just look like a juggernaut and a team that, you know, doesn't have a new quarterback, doesn't have new players. It looks like an experienced team that's been there before and knows how to win these types of games.
0: Yep. Yeah. This is uh all it's cracked up to be and more because of the way these programs are able to just reload and the way these programs are built over years, over years of success has really just, you know, built the entire program into something special on both sides. And on the Loyola side, uh, it's going to take a lot to bring that down. Um, I don't even know what it would because it's just so ingrained in right now that that success gene is part of the DNA of Loyola Academy right now. I mean, uh, I don't know if it's hyperbole to say they're the best program in Illinois in the past, since 2010. Um, um, now, in the past few years, it's certainly been matched by Mount Carmel. Um, but definitely, you know, that streak they had of how many state games in a row, they've been to every semi semi-final, I don't know, in a long, long time and things like that. So It just builds upon itself, guys. You're expected to succeed Uh, because of that. More talent comes in the door or wants to come in the door and keeps coming in the door. And uh, the the coaching staff knows how to prepare them for this type of schedule and this type of play and run their type
1: of schemes. And it's perfect. It's beautiful. All right, Joe, let's look at matchups in this game a big matchup that i can now wait to watch <laughs> is to see how this mount carmel offense goes against this loyola defense. the loyola defense has allowed only 56 points game, 56 points per uh this in 8 games so far this season. uh just a dominant defense. um a lot of the points that they have given up has been, you know, secondary players kind of coming in and teams maybe putting it up there, but mount carmel has scored 274 points And one of the bigger matches from last season's game where um, you kind of had that taken away when Darian Dupree running back from Mount Carmel kind of got injured in that game and obviously didn't play the rest of the season. Um, Dupree kind of made it seem easy against last year's Loyola defense where he was able to go on long runs. He was able to evade tacklers. And I'm very curious to see how is this Loyola defense going to stop Darien if he's, you know, obviously you want him to stay at full health and uh, a, a guy who's obviously going to Wisconsin and getting offers from, you know, Alabama. So what have you kind of seen, Joe, from this Loyola defense this season, primarily it's run defense, and how it could potentially match up against, you know, one of the best, if not the best running back in the state? I
0: mean, this run defense has been just damn near immovable um, all season. Um, you know, St. Rita couldn't move the ball with, um, um, help me out.
1: DJ Stewart
0: with DJ Stewart. And, um, th- there hasn't been anybody else who's been able to really run the football on that period. And a lot of teams haven't tried because they're aware of that. It's, it's a stout defensive line led by Joe Kelly. It's linebackers who fly to the football led by, uh, Kyle Schnee and Ethan, Ethan Hogg. Uh, it's. It's formidable, and you, you can't do much against it. And I don't know if Dupree changes it that much. I say that because I, I don't see Dumain Dupree pulling a Justin Jackson and running forty-two times. You know, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, that happened Glenbrook North or Glenbard North did that with Justin Jackson, the loyal, in the postseason like like ten years ago. But there's no need for Dupree to do that. The state, excuse me, state's not on the line here things like that, um, and Mont Carmel has other weapons, of course, so um, including in the backfield, um, so I, I just don't see him going off for a huge game, but I do think he can get yards, like you said last year, against a Good, not as good, I don't think, but a good defense last year for it always is good. Uh, he picked up some chunks. I think he did it in the passing game as well, if I remember correctly. Uh, he's just that type of player. I, I, I don't know at this high school level, he's just an elevated talent that um, is, is usually one of the best, if not the best players on the field whenever he gets the ball in his hand. So um, I just don't see him going crazy because of the formidability of the offense. And I don't think uh, Mo Carmel needs to give it to him that many times to put themselves in a position to win.
1: I am also, you mentioned that pass casting, pass catching ability for Dupree. He's, you know, I think there have been a few games this season where he's ended up with more, you know, receiving yards than he has rushing yards. And that just shows you how much of a dynamic back he is. So, you know, for this defense, you know, I think, you know, we've kind of watched them and the defense has done fairly well in the secondary Um, you know, not letting big plays or anything like that on catches. But how does this defense match up with, you know, Dupree's pass-catching ability and, you know, coming out of the backfield like he does?
0: Yeah, that's – I think you're going to have to be able to pass, at least pass – make big passes in moments to win this football – any football game against Loyal Academy this year. Um, And I think Mon a team that do that, and Dupree gives them uh, another challenging – And gives that Loyola defense another challenge to guard out of the backfield to try to mark up. And um, and I'm interested to see how they're able to do that too. Uh,
1: Looking at the other way around of this matchup um, Loyola's defense, Loyola's offense against Mount Carmel's defense, Mount Carmel's defense allowed 93 points per game this year. Um, Obviously the most amount of points they've allowed in the game is 33 points to East St. Louis. Um, Mount Carmel won that, uh, season opener 36 to 33, um, with some pretty impressive plays to, uh, stop East St. Louis from, um, scoring there. But Joe, we've talked about it at this point. They're not a really inexperienced offense, but, you know, for Ryan Fitzgerald and a lot of the offense, um, what do they need to do or what does he need to do, um, in order to kind of, you know, move the ball down the field against the defense of Mount Carmel that, you know, a lot of teams this season have struggled to do that. I think it's, um
0: this is probably so uh fundamental to say, but it's decision making. I think they put a lot on his shoulders to run the ball, pass the ball, you know, whatever. And he's such a weapon with his legs. He's not only, um you know, fast, you know, for his size, but he's athletic and he's uh, you know, uh, he's a, he's a big dude. He's hard to take down for a quarterback. So, um, he's the, had some runs this year that have been really impressive. And I think, um, his ability to know, pick his spots to do that is going to be paramount in this game. You know, can he pick the right spots, pick up first downs. And then when they're not there, uh, uh, I mean, in, in other opportunities, find the right receivers for those first downs. Um. I don't think uh, we're gonna see Loyola picking up um huge plays, uh, like you know, like maybe last year's team was able to do a little bit more. It's just a little different of an offense that's uh still as successful in terms of wins and loss, but they do it in a little different way. So they pick apart a defense a little more. Um, and uh, I think they can do that. And when you are able, when you do have to move down the field with more plays, you just gotta be smarter about it.
1: How confident are you in Fitzgerald at this point of make a big play if they need it? Obviously it came down to a big play last season um, and last season's loss to Mount Carmel. How confident are you that Fitzgerald, you know, eight games in um, got a lot of snaps at this point. Um, How confident are you in him to make a big play?
0: I mean, he's given you no reason not to be loyal has done, you know, there ain't no they've had a couple tough games and, in a couple of those games, I think Fitzgerald has struggled in spots, but he always seems to bounce back in, in that game. That was probably their toughest victory in St. Rita. Uh, he had the two big runs that really set the game apart. Um, and he picked spots, the, the, to put and he put it in the end zone. He got six, which is huge. Um, so I'm pretty confident in it, you know, but I've only seen them once. I think you've probably seen them more than I have. Um, just the schedule worked out that way. And I only saw him in a a non-game at IC. So really looking forward to seeing because be, this whole game is going to be spots that he's got to make big mo- big plays. And he's not alone in that. I mean, offensive line, uh, running backs, his receivers are gonna have to make big catches. It's gonna be big, big moments all over the field.
1: In common opponents, uh Loyola beat Brother Rice 41 to 24, Mount Carmel beat Brother Rice four. 40- 7. Uh, Loyola beat St. Rita 21 to 5. Mount Carmel beat St. Rita 38 to 7. So um, obviously all those teams were in different spots at that point. So you can't really be like, well, they beat this team by this amount of points. So that's why this team is going to be doing better in that kind of stuff. But um I am very curious to see just to, you know, we talked about this last year and I was kind of surprised where, um, you know, both coaches talked about, well, you know, obviously, We got playoffs around the corner. Maybe we'll bend some guys in the second half for, you know, uh, you know, kind of staying healthy. And that didn't happen at all last year. But I've been talking to both Bo and Jordan for this game. uh, Bo is, you know, talking about, you know, they always have player safety on mind and, you know, take guys out when they need to take guys out. And um, but, you know, and talking to Jordan, he said, I only have one mindset. And that's, you know, play this game right now. And so it, it, it seems like both teams are going to go at this game. There's a blue championship on the line. A lot of people would probably say this is the Pseudo State Championship for the season. You know, the top right two teams against each other. Um, I, I think that both coaches and both players know what's at stake here. And they, you know, obviously they want to be smart and stay healthy, but they also want to win this game because it means a lot to them.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, and I don't think folks are wrong or saying it's the pseudo change state championship. I mean, it's one and two in the state. They have done nothing to give you too much doubt about that. Um, they really set themselves apart once again. So, uh, that's what makes it that much more fun. Now, each team is going to have to prove themselves in their own class, of course. And so we can make those determinations after the season, but, uh, it sure seems like it up to this point. And, um, and, and there is that rivalry factor um, that, you know, being being the CCL Blue um, opponents for so long, this isn't the first time they've played with the seat, with the conference on the line in the last game of the season. It's become almost an annual tradition. So uh, these players want it. They know
1: how much it means. And um, I, I'm excited, man. It's going to be a great one. All right, Joe, what is one thing that Loyola needs to do in order to win? And what is one thing that Mount Carmel, based on what you know about Loyola, needs to do if they want to win this game? Man, that's a great question because I think there's
0: things on both sides for Loyola. But I'll say the most important thing is, yeah, I think the defense has to keep keep Mount Carmel, hold them down and not to zero, and even not to like 14, but contain them to effect, because I don't think if they get into a shootout, that's Loyola's game, and it doesn't have to be, obviously, they play a different game. If you get into a shootout with Mount Carmel, I don't know if you can keep up, so can that defense keep them under, you know, let's say 25 points, and then we're, we're, and I think so, and I think they're you're putting yourself in a tremendous position to, to win the football game. I think maybe internally they're talking even lower than that. Uh, they haven't given up, and they gave up 24 to brother Rice, but some was late in that one too. But um, so I think I think it's the defense is probably the most paramount thing in this game, um, just to give the offense the best chance uh, at victory here.
1: I think the funny thing is talking to both coaches. You could I've I've heard them say. This could either be a shootout, this could be another big game like it was last year, or this could be a classic CCL, you know, 10 to 7 game where the defenses dominate. I would not be surprised if you told me that either score would happen. I just think that both teams are, you know, that dominant in both phases of the game. So I'm very curious to see (laughs) essentially what, you know, what side of the ball is going to have to start here. And I'm very curious to see what happens here on Saturday. All right, Joe. Let's get some previews out of you. Uh, let's get uh, Nutrier hosting Deerfield. Do the Trevians play spoiler here for the Warriors?
0: I think they do, and I think they uh, end their season. And for for some of these seniors who have been up here for a while on varsity, uh, put them out on a high note on the senior night. I think they they uh, they pick one off here uh, and get a victory and play spoiler. So I'll say they do it by a score of twenty four to twenty.
1: Um, I hate to be a bummer, but I just I I just haven't Mm -hmm. seen it all year from this new cheer team, and I don't know if they can do it against Deerfield. Uh, I I just think that this has just been a a tough season for the program with a lot of you know hopes of making the playoffs, maybe making some noise. I just think that there's a lot of just you know stuff that just hasn't gone right this year. So um, I think Deerfield comes out with a lot of urgency, noting that knowing that it needs to make the playoffs, they've got playoff experience from the past few years. So um, I think Deerfield wins this game um, 20 to uh, 14. Um, I just think that Deerfield is going to come out with urgency and Nutrier I'm not going to say that Nutrier is going to hang it up and not care or anything like that. Far from it. I'm not calling them quitters. But I just think that Deerfield has um, a lot on the line here. And I just think that that's going to become too much a little bit for Nutrier, um, especially late. All right, Joe, Highland Park travels to Vernon Hills for a chance at win number six and improving their playoff seed. Um, What do you think happens here? I think they keep the good
0: mojo flowing, Um, and I think they take out Vernon Hills, get some of that revenge that they want, and also pick up win number six. Uh, In in, in nice, convincing fashion, we'll say um, 33-20. to
1: Yeah, I'm kind of going for a relatively closer score, mostly because I think, you know, Anthony Kopp is going to take out his players and kind of keep them safe for the second half and get them ready for the playoffs. So um, I think that Highland Park will probably put on around 32 points and probably take out their starters at that point. Um, So I think they'll win 32 to 21. Um, I think maybe Vernon Hills, you know, puts up some scores for the seniors late, but um, I just think that, Highland park's going to take control pretty early, uh, bring in the reserves in the second half to make sure that you go into the playoffs healthy um, starting next week. All right, Joe, we've got the game of the week, game of the year, Loyola and Mount Carmel on Saturday, 1 PM. If you plan on going to the game, good luck. Parking probably will be really tough, um, but uh, I'm sure um, a lot of people want to get there. So make sure you get there early. If not, the game is on TV as well. And if not, you can check Twitter because Joe and I will be there. So, um follow our updates as well but Joe what happens in this one does Loyola get revenge amount against Mount Carmel man I don't
0: know Mike uh this is obviously the toughest one of the year it's just both teams are so good and both teams have shown so much I think maybe Mount Carmel has shown a little bit more to be honest um yeah, but it's I mean I'm splitting hairs and it's but it's at Loyola and uh you know um that gives them an, a slight advantage there. Uh, it's gonna be a huge crowd. I'll I'll just be the homer though, um, just because uh home field and a close game, this is what I do. Um, maybe a against my better judgment if if I had a million dollars on it. Um uh, that'd be great. Um but uh <laughs> So let's say Loyola pulls it off in just the tightest of ways. I do expect it to be somewhat low scoring. I'll say we get a funky score. Uh, let's go with I don't even know how we're going to get there Mike, but we'll go 18-16. Okay.
1: <laughs> all right. I you know there's a safety in this game. I would not be surprised at all. I mean, but right. the way the defenses go um, I also have no idea what is going to happen on Saturday. I hate. I'm sorry if you waited all this time to listen to this podcast just to hear me <laughs> say that. But um, I, I, I just don't know. I think last year this game was probably both of these teams' toughest test. I think they cruised in the playoffs. Um, Mount Carmel definitely did. Loyola had, you know, maybe Lincoln-Way hung around a little bit more than uh, Batavia did with Mount Carmel last year, but. This is the toughest game, I think. And if both teams go on to win another state championship, I wouldn't be surprised if this is the game again. Um, Last year, I think I went with Loyola because of the Loyola effect, and that didn't really work for me. Um, I just, you know, this defense, the way things have gone, you could say that Mount Carmel has beaten East St. Louis um, and tougher teams. Sure, you could say that. I think that I'm just going to go with Mount Carmel wins this game. It's going to be a tough one. Um, it's going to be a close one. I think a late pick um, by the Mount Carmel defense seals this one. Um, I'm actually going to go. I think Mount Carmel wins this game 14 to 13. I am um, I think both the offenses have been great, but the defenses have been really elite this year. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case again on Saturday. Um, I can't wait to see how right or wrong we are in this prediction, though. But it'll be a great game. So make sure you are checking in with both of us. Um, and checking out all our work this weekend. A lot of great stuff happening with week number nine. Just a quick reminder that you can sub- subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you give us a nice little review. We always appreciate it. Now is a great time to subscribe, uh, spread the word about the podcast, because as we head into the playoffs, um, not only in football, but other sports, a lot of great coverage coming your way. Um, make sure you check out all of our work here at Friday Night Drive. We've got you covered head to toe with all the playoff coverage you need. Check out Steve Suzy's latest uh, bracket prediction. Um, He's usually fairly accurate about that. So check out where he thinks Loyola and Highland Park will be at. Check out all my work. We got CCL notes, CCL ESCC playoff outlook. We've got our Friday night show, and we will have um, instant reaction to the brackets coming out on Saturday for all the playoff pairings and everything you guys need to know Um, So make sure you check out all our work at Friday Night Drive. And as always, make sure you subscribe and donate to TheRecordNorthShore.org. Joe will have all your stuff covered this upcoming weekend. And as always, Joe does a great job like no one else covering the North Shore, not only sports, but also uh, everything else going in the North Shore communities. Make sure you subscribe and donate there. So we've got a fun weekend looking ahead here. A lot of great football happening, a lot of great tennis, cross country, field hockey, what have you. A lot of great playoffs are going to get started here. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will bring it all back to you next week. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to the Varsity, uh, product of the record Northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.